the sound of the explosion, you are listening to the 100th episode of the Oblivion Podcast. It's February 28th, 2022. Um, yeah, I guess we're at war. We managed to get our 100th episode in before the end of the world. That's quite an accomplishment. Yeah. Just in time. May not be a 101. Yeah, really, that was that's something that's been coming to mind, of course, because I guess it's a, sort of a PTSD thing from uh, when we were youngins growing up. Of course, that was particularly when I was starting to get some political consciousness to say uh, 1982. Yeah, around that time, you know, uh, uh, starting to become a little bit less of a kid. And, uh, you know, it was just heavy times. It was not only was it just the kind of oppressive atmosphere of the Reagan revolution. Um, there was just the incredible belligerency with the uh, nuclear arms race. Um, and, you know, it uh, was raging and sort of peaked in, in some ways around 84 when that, uh, um, do you remember that uh, the day after that kind of? Uh, I do. Yeah. Jason Robards is in it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 He's in the last scene crying in the crushed nuclear wind r- r- ruins of his home former home uh <clears throat> yeah so that was that was the atmosphere and, and of course in that movie uh it was it was wasn't quite identified who who actually started it but of course it has to be the russian but anyway uh they were rolling across yeah into western germany i guess is taking Berlin or whatever. That's what starts it all. So, and now all these years later, we're having a invasion of Ukraine. Totally. Yeah. And, um, yeah, of course I was surprised. I didn't think it was going to happen. And it seems like most left leaning people were like, well, you know, uh, just because the default is they're all full of shit and making everything up. Uh, the predictions for Ukraine were few, uh, the actual invasion. Um, but uh, here we are. Yeah, and, and well, I don't. I think I don't think it was just uh, people on the left who didn't think this was going to happen. I I don't think anybody thought this was going to happen. It doesn't seem like even people in Europe really thought that something like this was going to happen because now well, they're suddenly. Uh, revamping their entire uh, budgets and militaries. Uh, Germany's tripling in military spending. But anyway, go ahead. Well, I think that um, for once, uh, the Biden administration was uh, saying there was troop buildups and uh, we're talking about invasion. They kept having this date. It was going to happen. You know, it went by like three or four times. They said it was going to happen at 8 p.m. this evening. Uh, so it became a little comical there. I think basically what happened is there's, you know, with a big operation like that, not only do you have all the satellite surveillance, it, it's kind of, it was an open secret anyway, right? You've got a, 
not not everything not everybody is talking on a secure phone and hush hush about everything. Uh I mean, for instance, the Iraq and our Iraq invasion, you know, they were trumpeting that, building everybody up for it for months beforehand, right? They were just totally open about it. Um and I think if they tried to make it a secret, if they could somehow do it, it just wouldn't work because it's just too many people involved, right? So um it's it's not like some super uh ability that the uh you know like the incredible national security state has got this intel and they're so you know it's pretty obvious i think uh and uh yeah so uh but setting that aside i think that the provocations from nato uh, over the years, but especially recently, was really what spurred it on. Uh, uh, you know, I totally uh, uh, re- reject uh, Putin using uh, military force. I mean, that's just awful. Fuck him, right? But uh, uh, it's not like it's just been it just happened because uh, Putin was all just just a crazy tyrant, dictator tyrant. Um, and uh, just irrational dictator uh, Saddam Hussein type person. Uh, you know, I I actually listened to quite a few clips from Putin's speech uh, that he made. Uh, what would it have been a few days ago, five days ago? And uh, a very rational speech, and that laid out the grievances. It laid out history. Uh, you know, going from the birth of Ukraine, he attributed to, he called it Lenin's Ukraine. Uh, that's what he called it, basically formed at that time uh, as a separate, separate region uh, out of Russia and uh, semi-autonomous and, and went through detailed history all the way up to the present time um, and, you know, talked about the grievances with um, um, that, that NATO was uh, you know, kept pushing, <laughs> pushing into the old Soviet um, satellite countries, and uh, even though there were promises not to, uh, even starting with um, uh, Papa George uh, Bush, uh, there were oral, and this is an, a factual thing now that's in the public domain. These uh, documents that there were oral promises that they wouldn't do that. And of course, they didn't take it seriously, just like the United States always does. You know, can't believe what they say. And, uh, and, and we knew this from just the last talks, right? Everything that, you know, it was brought up, this NATO expansion stuff. And, uh, you know, it was all totally rejected. There wasn't a bit given. It was just, just beyond the pale that Putin would suggest any of these things that he's saying. And, uh, no diplomacy at all. So, um, surprise, surprise, uh, they got their wish. And now it's like, apparently we're at war, even though, you know, uh, there's no, like, uh, you know, this is the attitude that you see now on all the media, right? I mean, you you tell right. me what the TV is showing, but I mean, it's basically, oh, sure. yeah. Well, one excellent point that you've made, um, that, my version of it is 
Americans suddenly discover that war is bad. I mean, I've been watching this coverage on television, you know, Putin is a madman, and look at the refugees, and look at the destruction to the cities and the people living in fear. And it's like, well, what do you think was going on in Baghdad and Iraq and in Afghanistan and these other parts of the world when the United States has been uh, going crazy in the Middle East for the same you know, paranoid and, and delusional reasons. I mean, the only thing I would say about Putin is the same thing I would say about anyone, including our numerous U.S. presidents, is starting wars is not the way to settle anything. So yeah, it's definitely bad that this has happened, but in terms of the way it's being represented, I mean, for Americans to be saying, gosh, can you believe this? You know, this Russian uh, Vladimir Putin is, is crazy. It's like, what do you think you've been doing to the rest of the world for the last 20 years? I also want to point out how it's like the going full circle, except for kind of backwards, where in the 90s, you had basically within the span of a year, the fall of the Berlin Wall, and then the Persian Gulf War, which was essentially the beginning of 30 years of, of conflict that definitely became uh, intensified and more hardcore uh, on September 11th, 2001, and, and, uh, and after that, right? And then here we have, in August of 2020, finally the end of the 20-year Afghanistan war, and then what? I mean, how many months did we actually have there? September through the end of the year, and we get to the uh, end of uh, February, and uh, now we're right back uh, basically uh, facing uh, being at war with Russia and the looming uh, Cold War reality of a potential nuclear Holocaust. So uh, one thing that's definitely being missed uh, in the media, which uh, you, Dave, won't be surprised to hear, is there's no uh, mention of the utter failure and the blindness of American foreign policy. Like, how do we just at every turn keep running into these really nightmare uh, borderline worst case uh, scenarios, right? When you are spending this fortune on the military, I mean, it's a, it's the in practice, it's a contradiction of the principle of the theory, right? That your mighty American military presence stabilizes the world and it protects America. It acts as a deterrent because these potential bad actors think, eh. I'm, I'm not going to do that. And the opposite happens. Like, we're always at war. Um, nothing was done to stop the attacks of September 11th, uh, regardless of what you want to believe about what actually happened that day. And now we're having to go through this. And Nancy Pelosi wants us to think that Joe Biden is a genius. <laughs> By the way, another great story, I think you'll appreciate this, is... Um, that Biden thinks that uh, Americans don't understand how good things are because of COVID. 
if COVID is preventing Americans from seeing how good the economic numbers are and how low unemployment is, and so everything is great, but because of COVID, it's having the psychological impact and they can't see it. I mean, if you want to talk about a snob who looks down on the people who he's leading and really does think that they are beneath him, that he is the knowing and this is how to look at it. You look at these numbers, you look at the economy, the unemployment numbers, everything is great, right? That's all that matters. I mean, this is a guy who's uh, been through these uh, two wars and the meltdown of uh, the economy of 2008. And he's saying the same thing that he would have been saying uh, in the late 80s. Right. right. And, yeah. Yeah, indeed. And I, and I think he he has a, as far as, uh, yeah, having that uh, Cold War mentality, um, uh, a Cold Warrior, Drug Warrior, uh, whatever. Yeah, it's it's totally with him now. And and that's a large part of, um, yeah, what, what's got us here is that there's this this NATO apparatus, something that shouldn't just should not even exist it's a a holdover uh and uh it should have been all dissolved along with all the nuclear weapons right but they decided oh well we'll keep up really glad you made that point but uh yeah go ahead yeah yeah i mean the 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 reduction after the dissolution of uh yeah, they we we did limit a few things. We we got rid of like the very short range missiles, and yeah, there were I don't know how many. There were say tens of thousands of of nuclear tip missiles in Europe uh, there in the height of the Cold War in the eighties. That ninety nine Luftballon uh, uh, wondrous period that we were referencing earlier. Um, it was just a totally terrifying thing. Well, we got rid of that because that's just like a tinderbox, right? <laughs> You've got nukes it's fucking everywhere. I mean, that's that's super dangerous, um, bad enough. So it, those were gotten rid of. But what was left is, uh, what is it? Each side has a few thousand warheads, right? Uh, many of them in submarines, untouchable right there in the Black Sea, probably, you know, uh, uh, for instance, uh, a, a real threat to to Russia. Uh, and we've kept this thing, and it pretty much stagnated when Obama got in. It was still going down till Obama, then it stagnated, and it pretty much stayed the same with promises of rebuilding uh, the nukes. So, I mean, that's the situation we're in, and and everybody's in la la land, right? That, that oh, these, these yeah, you know, it's worked for all these years now. Uh, deterrence, it's been deterrence. It's not going to happen. It's deterring the nuclear weapons are deterring their own use, <clears throat> and uh, this fantasy that uh, eventually this will not happen. You know, all that's got to happen is they've got to be used once, and it's pretty much off they all go. Right, that's the general war theory. Right, there's no margin for error uh, with with these things. Yeah, I mean they're they're permanently on 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 alert, uh, quick alert, where they can be launched within minutes, uh, and they pretty much let them all go. Uh, <laughs> you know, this idea that I would just do it be in Ukraine if it would be anywhere. Uh, that's not how it works. 
so you know it's over for the whole world but you know, have you seen anything on the uh news worrying about nuclear wars uh, oh yeah well, yes. oh, I mean, yeah oh, been... oh really Right. Well, the concern has been that uh, uh, Putin has been uh, manning uh, the Russian nuclear arsenal, right? Like he's putting mm-hmm. it on on alert, you know, mm-hmm. because the West won't back down. Now, there was a brigadier general that I saw speak yesterday who said... Uh, you, mean, you mean higher alert. It's always on alert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. But I mean, beyond where, where it normally is. I mean, and that's another good point that in some ways, like this threat isn't new just because it's suddenly front and center mm-hmm. um, uh, for us. Yeah, I mean, but, just re- recently, the atomic uh, clock, uh, atomic scientists, you know, their clock, the whatever before midnight, I mean, they moved it to as close as it's ever been recently. And it's because they're factoring in, well, they also are factoring in the climate change uh, threat. Uh, to the end of the world uh, possibilities, but it's just this situ- crazy situation where we've got these nuclear powers. Uh, they've got all these nukes still, and they're still acting like they're in the Cold War. And <laughs> uh, we're just going to keep doing this, right. I guess, until it's over. Yeah, it, it is. It is madness, and it, it comes from uh, the orthodoxy of academia is is one of the really bad sources of it i remember in 2018 seeing a panel uh from the university of chicago that was on c-span and of course it checked all the boxes you know they had some women up there they had a young woman up there they had a black person there was only one middle-aged uh white guy but they all said exactly the same thing you know there wasn't one of them up there saying this is crazy. We need to get rid of these things. Yeah. You know, if one thing goes wrong because of a miscalculation um, and a complete purposeful uh, ignoring of the human condition, right? That you have to think about this, not just in this sterile, removed, compartmentalized way, but if there is actually a war, what state of mind are people in? Right. I mean, they're jacked up. They're on edge. And um, the yeah, I think definitely underestimating the capacity for delusion and, and mental illness and the role that that plays in tyranny, which if you knew anything about Adolf Hitler, that should always be front and center in your mind is that, I mean, you cannot think of human beings even governments and leaders of institutions as these expert rational people if anything they're vulnerable to being likely to be worse right they're worse than the average person <laughs> um yeah and you're talking basically about the uh dr strange right yeah let me, I, let me just uh give tie everything together uh that the, this panel was about the the debate on nuclear proliferation and there was a consensus among these hot shots right that it's better to have lots of nuclear weapons than only a few yeah, right? wow yeah yeah <laughs> if there are a lot and it's what you were just saying it's the deterrent right nobody knows exactly who has them who doesn't nobody knows how many there are where they could come from 
So if you could say, well, there are just, you know, three nuclear weapons in the world, one's here, one's here, then one of the three people could say, all right, we're going to launch two warheads at these two places. We'll take them out. We can, we can now uh, rule the world, right? I mean, that was their argument. But what they never really grappled with, because, of course, it's so far out, way out there, radical, uh, that uh, you would want to just get rid of these things, right? So instead of the 20th century being, uh, especially after they were actually used, right, when you saw what happened in uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, they could have just said, wow. Like we can't have this, right? Like you, this is this is too much, right? But instead of making it a point that we're going to get rid of all nuclear weapons, we're going to get rid of all of the uranium and the other materials that are used to make it. You know, we're not going to let this happen. We're going to organize and scour the earth to get rid of it, and make sure that it it doesn't ever um, materialize again. Everything was spent on drugs. Let's stop the drugs right so decades of billions spent incredible violence stockpiling the jails destroying civil liberties more more war on drugs right the the joe biden hard on show and uh here we are with the worst drug problem america's ever had and actually having to really worry about the threat of nuclear war. And I would argue that instead of having to take it to where, well, only something bad has happened if there's actually a nuclear war, I would say, no, I mean, it's already miserable if you find yourself among the other things that you've had to worry about recently, (laughs) um, having to worry about a freaking nuclear war, which we, didn't really think about, like you were saying, uh, since the 80s, you know, when it seemed that things mellowed out and uh, went in a, in a calmer uh, direction. And certainly we got used to with these wars in the Middle East of the idea that no one's going to use a nuclear weapon. I mean, this will be ugly. We'll kill a lot of people, drones and bombs. I mean, war is war, but nuclear war is the end. That's the end of humanity. And I really don't think, and this takes me back to the debates I had in the eighth grade with my classmates to go back to, you know, not being a kid anymore in the beginning of having an adult mind. And they they just really would not engage the point of once you've blown up the world, that's it, right? You don't, the fact that you still would have weapons left (laughs) if everybody's dead and the world is uninhabitable, uh, it doesn't do you any good, right? And, uh, you know, to this day, I find myself just so far apart uh, from my peers and, you know, fellow humans on so many, uh, so much thinking. But with the points that you've made and to look at the way that the media is, is spinning it, um, it is completely ridiculous that Americans are now suddenly taking this perspective that war is bad and look at all the bad things that happen when you start a war, right? And no one has uh, brought up, well, this is what we did for 20 years, right? Why We should definitely be having that conversation too. 
And of course, we haven't heard a word about the things that you mentioned, which was to spend any time uh, thinking about uh, where Putin is coming from, like his actions mm -hmm. are, are wrong. But at least to understand, just like was an American is going to say about being in Afghanistan and the war in Iraq, they would talk about 9-11, they would talk about weapons of mass destruction and the threats and the Persian Gulf War. Our, our, our aggression isn't aggression. It's it's uh, a humanitarian uh, defense. Or right. We're looking their... out for a global force for good. We're looking out for the good in, in the world as a, as a protectorate, right? But of course, that's a self-serving, you know, we think that we are right, but there's just not anything else to it. You know, starting a war is starting a war. And it sounds to me, especially the parallels between the Russian invasion of Ukraine and then America going into Iraq, you know, very similar, right? Like this, uh, having this uh, friction that escalates with a foreign enemy. And so from your perspective, it's preemptive, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that you're kind of sick of this person um, not doing what you want them to do, this country uh, uh, sort of uh, flaunting at, um, at your uh, power in your mind and not really complying in the way that you think that it should. And so you, you take that uh, step of, of starting the war. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, yeah. the attitude is, is total hypocrisy uh, from an American standpoint. If it's going to vilify Putin and Russia and not make any connection between Russia starting a war and, and America starting a war. And, and <laughs> along that line, the vilification, uh, of course, I've been hearing a lot of the uh, liberal takes that uh, how that Trump is like, they're kind of bringing up Trump's closeness to Russia and Putin. And so, you know, he's kind of for it all. And, and, uh, have well, you heard of the mind, why didn't this happen between 2016 <laughs> yeah. and 2019? Yeah. Yeah. Or I guess 2017 is when Trump would have taken office. But I mean, right. yeah. why did they wait for, I mean, do you see what I'm saying? If this, yeah, well, I, I know. I mean, I totally, it's just ridiculous that, uh, I think it's a ridiculous point. I mean, what does Trump have to do with it now at all? I mean, what basically what it's saying is that, uh, well, it's it, it's not saying it, first. The one thing it's definitely not saying is that uh, our stance and everything that we've done leading up to and provoking or being part of it, uh, that's not the truth. Right. That nothing we do is wrong. Uh, Biden, of course, nothing he's doing. Uh, would have been a negative thing. But well, you could say, oh, well, Trump, you know, he was a, you know, in bed with Putin. And so he somehow enabled uh, this to happen. Right. Uh, right. It's liberals once again using Trump as a smokescreen to uh, cover up, right, the, like what has to be, I mean, way beyond uh, a disaster of a, of a presidency. I mean, what has not gone wrong since Joe Biden has been president? I mean, the pandemic hasn't gotten better. Uh, we're, that's still not under control. In fact, one of the things that uh, Biden was saying when he was um, 
admonishing the people for being concerned about COVID instead of just looking and that again that compartmentalized elitist way at the employment numbers. Unemployment's down, so you've got a fighting chance. You can get out there and put food on the table. Like that's all I do as the president is you know, make sure unemployment is down. <laughs> that I mean, what a jerk to think that uh, no one would be upset um, or worried about the pandemic. Like that's some sort of childish or spoiled rotten is how I think Joe Manchin would look at it. There's a pandemic and, you know, that bothers me. Well, get over it. Get back out there. Work more. Um, But I mean, so and then with the way that the child tax credits were allowed to expire, Build Back Better has been uh, a drag from the get-go and has gone nowhere. Um, and, of course, he's still running his war on drugs, and he's still running his uh, prohibitionist, uh, anti-marijuana Nixon White House. Hey, David, but look, he's, there's, there's going to be, there's gonna be a, a black um, Supreme Court. I was going to say, but we've got I'm a female Female, female black. black and a young, young female uh, black, young yeah. black female, and another historical thing to celebrate, right? And it's like maybe these things are historical, but again, it's elitist uh, stance of saying we will tell you what your problems are and we will tell you how we're fixing them. Like you go to the doctor <laughs> and you say you have a stomach ache, and the doctor says there's nothing wrong with you because you don't have a headache, and that's the end of it. <laughs> Right. And, you just, and the doctor is praised. What a great job the doctor did. The patient doesn't have a headache. Right. But uh, it's, um, I mean, and another thing, uh, like maybe, again, I'm missing something, but this is day five of this war, this Russian invasion of Ukraine. And I think this is the first time that in real time that Biden is going to have like a, conference call with the uh, European leaders. And if they had all of this intelligence that they knew Russia was, the invasion of Ukraine was imminent, why didn't they have this conversation before? Because one thing I can tell about what's going on right now is that America is reacting. And that's not good. We're reacting to everything that's happening. We're not seeing anything coming. We're not throwing any surprises their way. Um, I guess if you're looking... So you uh, think, think we should lob a nuke and start, you know, give them a surprise, a little surprise No, there. I don't think we should do that. But I don't you think that we should have a plan, a strategy? Well, I, I, we definitely do have a plan. It's to escalate, you know, to... Um, demonized uh, to kind of normalize a sort of a Cold War uh, reality. Um, that is so, yeah, and and um, you know, I, I, of course, I don't see how this is, could in any way be good for Russia, right? Yeah, you know, I think they're not going to. First of all, it's not like I don't think that Ukraine is necessarily just going to give right up and be all happy about being invaded in general. <clears throat> oh, know, they definitely I, aren't. I mean, uh, 
militarily, that's that's the big story is that uh, Ukraine is is holding them off and it's taking uh, longer for Russia to uh, to take over Kiev and the other major cities. And the Europeans now are really uh, giving the Ukrainians uh, some serious arms. And so uh, from just looking at it in that more. Uh, uh, no, it's, a, it's the perfect situation for these militants, right? Because uh, we can, well, not only to look good, but it's good for business, right? We can send, right. you know, uh, our partners and ourselves, uh, we can flood the Ukrainians with a bunch of weapons and to justify military and, and well, yeah, and increase the spending. I, I think that just happened with Germany, right? Was, uh, you know, a whole big, yeah. So, uh, you know, arm sales up and on uh, the whole region, you know, it's a very positive thing for those people. So, um, and of course they're totally in their mind. This, this is no big, you know, the nuclear war is not going to happen. So because of, of this escalation and, uh, in Europe, but uh, yeah, so yeah, they definitely have a plan. Um, it's not the one we, you know, we think of a plan as like how to to make peace, right? Uh, that's what you're talking about. But uh, uh, try to resolve the right. issue, stop the war. That's not uh, what they're going to. Well, uh, but I mean, you know, who else thought the plan was to make peace? Yeah. Winston Churchill. I mean, he explicitly says that. I mean, this is a, a British conservative who um, his expertise was in military strategy. And, um, you know, he said, you know, the goal is uh, to keep the peace. Right. And you don't want to have a- escalation. You don't want to have escalation of, of, of weaponry. Um, but I think um, now that you mention it, I mean, I think maybe you're you're right. And I should be checking myself or uh, perhaps being uh, naive, but yeah, maybe, maybe they really don't care about any kind of resolution beyond just like, here's a way that we can get uh, more arms shipped. Um, but I still wonder, I mean, what do you think? I mean, is there concern that if Russia does overtake uh ukraine then uh do you think they would move further into eastern europe i mm-hmm. think that's what people are are worried about i kind of i kind of doubt it and of course i doubted them going into ukraine i mean first of all they just uh from what i understand they just don't have a very big army compared to like in the soviet era at the, those wonderful 80s time um yeah, you know, the collapse of the Soviet Union was a pretty big collapse, and uh, and they're quite sizable army. You know, they had a huge number of tanks and all the big deal uh, to counter uh, of counter the uh, NATO powers. Uh, so that's dissolved quite a bit. So I think their capability, and maybe that's why they're just not having the kind of success. They can't quite do a blitzkrieg because they just don't have the blitzing power. Um, but uh, so they may have also underestimated and, uh, Ukraine. Yeah, I think definitely that much. Um, and as far as what I gathered from the speech, he wasn't talking at all about any other countries. It was all about Ukraine. Uh, 
Um, you mean that Putin? Putin, yeah. I mean, they. I think he brought up some other things like Georgia and uh, uh, Lithuania, something else. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So I, I mean, I haven't heard anything about uh, his grand uh, designs of taking over Europe. Right, and. You got to understand, of course, because these countries are NATO, right? If um, uh, if he did invade one of these NATO countries, then it would be a total all-out war, right? Because that's the whole reason that this aggressive force is there is that if you know anybody's attacked, we're going to go all out, right? Uh, so yeah, it, <clears throat> that would be nuts. I mean, um, and the chances of nuclear war then would be very high. So uh, I hope not. Right. I mean, and that's actual, that's an actual realistic uh, uh, possibility and we'll never know. And it's total speculation, Mm -hmm. but uh, I've, I've said for some time that one, you know, blown moment in human history was when uh, after the Berlin wall fell america didn't see that as a moment to try to move the world forward into a more peaceful era right and uh say okay like we've accomplished this and uh, i mean of course you wouldn't just not have a military at all like costa rica but maybe not spend as much draw things down and really try to go out of your way and say you know let's see if um we can uh do things more uh peacefully right and um that eagerness to have that persian gulf war you know showed me uh talking about you know growing up and having your kind of watershed moments but there is no as you were saying interest in peace or um bringing about the peace uh, do you remember how you put it e- exactly that the um, to make sure that when I when I referenced uh, uh, Churchill, but I mean the the goal is to find a way to like how can we have the world be peaceful, right? And and to not yeah, be yeah. at war. Yeah, and I which, think which definitely NATO NATO is uh, has never been right. It's always been an offensive operation. Uh, I mean that was what or uh, definitely Afghanistan and. Uh, was Iraq NATO too? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's just um, it's an offensive thing. It's not about keeping the peace, right? Uh, despite what uh, they may pretend. Uh, <clears throat> well, just and again, I would say the same thing um, about Putin. That whatever the the conflict is, right? Whatever the uh, the situation is that needs to be resolved. The mistake is, is that the way to do it is to start a war, right? And the fact that we um, couldn't restrain ourselves 20 years ago, um, I think makes us just look laughably hypocritical to, to be condemning, uh, Putin as some sort of a villain, right? I mean, you can say that you want peace and that you're on the side of the Ukrainians, which I mean, I am. I hope that they 
that this is over for them because it, it's a, definitely a nightmare. But I don't have to act like, well, Russia's bad. What they're doing is wrong. Look at how bad war is. And, and pretend like my country wasn't at war for 20 years and killed who knows how many people and millions blew up cities and blew holes in the cheeks of children and killed families and wedding party. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And it's like in the, the racism of this and to go back to the Supreme court appointment and to show how hollow and superficial that is, is when you look at what's happening in Ukraine, two things stand out. They are white and they can speak English. Right. It, when you show the same thing happening in Iraq, in Syria, right, to the American mind, it's not the same thing because they look different. Right. Darker skin, different kind of dress, exotic looking world, the desert, the Arabian part of the world. And they are speaking in hysterically often after they've been bombed right in this language we don't understand which just makes them seem more um inhuman alien subhuman right but you especially when you show the mothers and their uh with their children right and say the subway stops where they're hunkering down like they had to do in london in 1940 um it is it evokes uh, sympathy, right, and this righteous sense that how can this horrible thing be done to these human beings because they look like us and they and they speak English, right? And so the hypocrisy is with the Supreme Court appointment that you know we've moved beyond being this racist, uh, narcissistic prejudicial culture, um, but we only think war is bad when we see people who look like us and speak English suffering from the consequences of it. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I don't don't think that it's, um, I don't think it's going to turn out well for anybody. War never does, and that's um, when you're anti-education and anti-intellectual. That's another message you're just never going to listen to. Um, what has the coverage been like uh, on TV as far as Ukraine war? Well, I mean, I think in terms of uh, being up to date and and covering the major events of what's happening. Uh, I think that it's been uh, fine, uh, but it's been just so heavily propagandistic, as I was saying earlier, by vilifying Russia and by making uh, war look bad and never calling into question uh, American foreign policy and you know our uh, eagerness to start wars. That's just never been uh, talked about a- at all. Uh, and certainly with the MSNBC proclivities to talk about uh, Trump, um, no one is, is asking themselves, well, if the 
conspiracy all along was that Trump is a failed businessman. He's mobbed up, right? He's, he's uh, mobbed up with the Russians. He's kind of a suck up to Putin. He, Trump wanted to get into the White House so that he could uh, sabotage American defenses, undermine NATO, and act as a surrogate ally for Putin, then within a year of Trump being in the White House, Putin would have invaded Ukraine, right? And then Trump would have been on his end doing everything he could have done to undermine NATO and to um, uh, hinder resistance to fighting back the Russians, right? But this didn't happen. (laughs) It was talked about like it was going to happen. But instead, what happened is Joe Biden, like the hero, (laughs) Top Gun Joe. Elder hero. Right. Joe Biden, the, the steady, conservative, bipartisan, veteran of American politics, former vice president gets in there, and within a year of Biden being in there, there is an invasion of Putin, right? And that should show us how, um, I mean, if you think that the whole problem was Trump, I mean, that should definitely get you going back to the drawing board, right? And uh, again, we'll never know, but if you think about it from the Russian standpoint, you're the former Soviet Union, you were this empire, right? You've been taken down. And then it's almost like America's been rubbing it in your face, right? By um, and, and, uh, rubbing salt in the wound because now America's going crazy and they're starting all of these wars and they're throwing people around and you can't do anything because you're this fallen empire. Um, and again, like if, if America had been more uh, peaceful and really tried to lead by uh, example, which is the only way you really can lead, and um, steered away from these wars and these conflicts in the in the Middle East, uh, would Putin be uh, of the state of mind uh, that he is? I mean, it's an appeal to ignorance. It's certainly not fair to say, oh, if we hadn't started these wars, this wouldn't be happening. Now, you don't know. Uh, but basically, you know, it, for me, it reinforces the thesis that Americans' foreign policy is uh, strategically uh, very foolish, and um, certainly the um, the scenario that is uh, set up, which is to spend tons of money and to heavily arm yourself, and that will act as a, as a deterrent to the things that we want to avoid, does not play out. Right? It's been falsified been shown to be false and um, the fact that we're still not thinking about new directions um, with our foreign policy on top of the debacle with losing the 20-year war in Afghanistan where you saw this army that supposedly had been trained by our great military just uh, gave way like a wet paper towel the Taliban marched in and took over the country. Now we're facing this um, uh, 
threat of nuclear war and a Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, I mean, I think that these uh, foreign policy experts have to be held to account. I mean, they should definitely be having their asses handed <laughs> to them. Right, but uh, the way our system set up, they're rewarded. Yeah, as long as there's doesn't matter. Uh, as long as they uh, aren't they glad we have them because we can get those weapons over to the Ukrainians. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's um, officially recognized, uh, yeah, there is no, there are no consequences. <clears throat> So yeah, let's close out the show. Uh, why don't we talk about? Uh, oh, I, here's a good headline: Doctor Bronner's the soap company dips into psychedelics. I guess they're investing. Uh, now, who is that again? Doctor Bronner's. You know that the soap. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's usually sold at uh, kind of you know through, through uh, co-op. Uh, Oh, okay. Okay, not, I know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's got like a bunch of like uh, the guy that put it on there died long ago, the original founder. But it's got all kinds of sayings and religious stuff all over it, and it's like pure uh, soap. And uh, <clears throat> but they're a pretty progressive company, and I guess they're um, trying to push of legalizing uh, drugs. So good, good for Doctor Bronner's. Uh, there are a few decent companies out there. Yeah, in, in addition to getting rid of all of the nukes and the uranium, uh, certainly long ago, um, I mean, this idea of withholding uh, psychedelics from people is just totally cruel. And again, it's that elitist, condescending, what you need is this. You're not concerned about COVID. Why would you be upset about COVID-19? And just to show you, like, what a basically a jerk uh, Joe Biden is, is David uh, Axelrod straight up told Biden not to say things like this, right? Like, this is a really tough time for people. Don't go up there and say anything about how great things are. And it's like Biden just can't wait. Like, he can't help himself. It's good. Biden's always smiling. When people ask these questions, and it's like, oh, silly little you asking a question. It's like, well, what will these sanctions do? Well, they'll hurt Putin. That's what they'll do. <laughs> I mean, and that's why he's a poor leader, and he's arrogant and, and a jerk. I mean, he, he definitely looks down on um, average people, right? I mean, like, Oh, well, how could, why would they be suffering because there's been a pandemic? And by the way, latest check of the numbers um, would have been, uh, I think, 948,000 plus and counting uh, dead from the pandemic. So we are um, probably still on course by uh, April to get to that. Oh, yeah, that's one. The final thing we should talk about then, yeah, but uh, uh, I remembered this was that <laughs> the CDC just uh, uh, dropped mask uh, recommendations. So by like I don't know seventy percent of of use, yeah, they 
I think it's mostly led by, uh, I've got to look this up, but I think she's a Trump holdover, the head of the CDC. And she is the one like, yeah, is that who that is? Was she a Trump appointee or that? Uh, Deborah Burks. The head of the CDC. I think it's, I think it's uh, Rochelle Walensky, who's the. Um, yeah, was she a uh, Trump or a uh, Biden? I'm not sure. Rochelle Walensky. She's our age. During. Uh, <clears throat> Oh, no, he, she's a Biden. But anyway, she was kind of behind uh, this. You know, it's just kind of part of the whole thing. Or now now the liberals are going to start, you know, making fun of you wearing a wear mask. A mask. <laughs> you don't need to wear a mask. You're fine. You've got the vaccine. Like, what's the science by Like, how could it hurt? You know, yeah. again, this right. is not to- that's the thing that just blows my mind. Why even say anything? It's already right. bad enough as far as the uh, mask mandates. It's not like they're even, they're not even mandates, really. I mean, it's like people have to wear some in certain places. I mean, Jesus, help me. Yeah. Right. Uh, it would be much better just to say, when you're out in public, wear a mask, period. Just get in the habit of it. And it makes it easier to get used to when you just do it all the time and you don't Think yeah. about, oh, I don't really need to wear a mask here. I don't really need to wear a mask over there. It's almost like a repeat of what they did last year, where I think around in May they had to celebrate how it was all over. and mm. Mission accomplished. <laughs> right. We don't need to wear a mask. And, um, oh, and uh, definitely glad I remembered this. Um, in the same piece where uh, Biden was basically looking down on the American people for still being upset about the pandemic and being concerned uh, about uh, COVID-19, right, which is now uh, into its, uh, is this going to be the beginning of its third full year uh, here uh, pretty soon, said that as far as the pandemic goes, there really uh, can't be any federal response to it, and it's up to the governors. And you know who's playbook that's right out of that's donald trump that's donald trump march of 2020 right this is the governor's problem it's their deal right it's classic american federal government domestically we don't do anything right we sell arms and we're ready to fight wars and we have our war on drugs we have our federal court system and our dea and We'll, we subsidize, we'll subsidize business as much as possible. But um, no, we're not going to help you during. Uh, I mean, everybody should have plenty of tests. By the way, I finally got some tests. Uh, oh, yeah. Day, about three days ago. Three days. So, wow. Now, my, I think I ordered yours like a couple a day or two after I did mine. Mine took about two weeks, but yours has taken what? That's over a month. Uh, I just uh, think obviously they don't care. I mean, it's the same way I would judge anything. Like you got your you got your four tests. 
Well, it, yeah. The big, how many are in there? Four? Uh, there's, there's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two boxes of two. Wow. So you're set, man. You've got so plenty. You've got plenty. I can go out uh, <laughs> three times or, I guess, twice if I want to save the other two for anybody else that I might be living with. I mean... After the first four orgies, you've got to pay for your own. Don't be a deadbeat. We should have like a hundred tests. We should have a box of masks that are just delivered. Like, here are your masks, here are your tests. And it would be taken care of. And the messaging should be the pandemic's not over. Wear a mask, get vaccinated, get boosted. You know, avoid large crowds. I mean, I... I mean, if people want that to stop, they could actually get the pandemic under control. Just wear it, man. And maybe this can be a story that we can work on for next week, assuming that we're all still (laughs) alive. But I really think that this uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine is a hoax. What, What do you mean? I don't. I don't think that it's real. I, I think it's uh, government overreach on the part of uh, Zelensky to make himself look like a hero and to take away the precious civil liberties of the Ukrainian people by imposing uh, big government uh, martial law. Executive so I, overreach. <laughs> I mean, this is it's, it's, it is exactly the same thing. What's the difference between the Russians and the coronavirus? There's no difference. It's the same thing. It's a lethal and destructive enemy. It's an invading force. And, and how, so, how are how are we going to inoculate against that? Right. Well, I mean, you have to respond to it. And the whole idea of, uh, you know, for example, uh, men ages 18 to 60 can't leave Ukraine. Like they've been drafted. They're now soldiers. They've been given guns and, you know, Here's how to use it. Aim, pull this. You see a Russian, kill him. Uh, so I mean, wouldn't you do that to the goddamn Canadians that they came over our line <laughs> trying to be our country? Well, already, what do you think we do to the Mexicans and the Hondurans and the people from uh, uh, the rest of Central America? Well, I mean, I use the Canadian example. I mean, of course, you got to kill the brown people, but you know, I mean, what would you do with the whiteies? I mean, I mean, surely you would defend yourself against the horrible whiteies, no matter how uh, definitely cute, cute their accent is. Threatening, uh, so so obviously uh, threatening. Yeah, come fucking skating down here. But I mean, if you think something like you have to wear a mask is bad imagine if they said you can't leave the country and uh you're now drafted what do you think americans would would say would say then (laughs) and you know the the whole thing that makes my uh conspiracy theory work is Zelensky's background is in television right he's a media celebrity Mm -hmm. so he's the perfect front man to get in there and think about it they say it's going to be a route this may be the last time the other European leaders or the rest of the world ever hear from Zelensky again, he's target number one. There's no way can, we can stand up to the Russians. The invasion happens, 
and the Ukrainian people somehow heroically, unbelievably are able to fend them off. How is this happening? Is the threat really that bad? Is this all, you know, Zelensky knows all along he's going to be perfectly fine. I'm in danger. I'm target number one. They get those photo ops with him with the machine gun. And this has all been made up and he'll have a big movie career and, you know, people. And I mean, it's the same thing. It's what I'm saying, of course, is crazy. It's the same thing that Americans have been saying about the coronavirus pandemic for two years. No, it's not real. It's not there. You know, any effort to deal with it is is just a conspiracy to take away my freedom. But yeah, I'm going to have to uh, get on the internet, you know, that great trustworthy source of information, and I'll uh, <laughs> update the situation next week. Yeah, I'll I'll get all of the real details. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, Rachel Maddow can talk about you know, Donska Bank and Deutsche Bank and uh, her psychopath hallucination on well you can probably get on mad out if you sprinkled some trump's yeah trump stuff in there my own say man this russia (laughs) this whole russia ukraine conflict is a hoax designed to uh boost um fake news fake news to a uh, stardom make him a great historical figure for ukraine i think he was a comedian so i mean that would be funny yeah (laughs) all right great Great. Well, we'll, yeah, all right. We'll work on that for next week. Well, uh, hunker down, everyone, and find your radioactive uh, shelters. Uh, in the meantime, uh, for David Vernon Miller, this is Dr. David W. Overby, and you've been listening to the Oblivion Podcast. Remember to take your iodine pills.